welcome back to Lats Talk. I'm Dr. Tracy Lats. I'm an integrative psychiatrist, and I'd like to start off today's uh, musings by telling you don't take this as any medical advice. I'm not giving you medical advice. I'm probably not your doc. <laughs> but I did think that it would be helpful to share my thoughts about the uh, way that I go about choosing antidepressants for the average person, knowing there are definitely exceptions to the rule. I take a very holistic uh integrative approach to looking at treatment for depression and sometimes anxiety using the antidepressant class of medications. And when I look at meds, I tend to look more at uh, the serotonin-specific reuptake inhibitors, the norepinephrine dopamine uh, reuptake inhibitor, and then the mixed agents that have dual serotonin and norepinephrine dopamine reuptake inhibition. So what are my thoughts about that? I look at the spectrum of these newer overall antidepressants, and the serotonin agents I choose primarily when people come in and they talk about symptoms consistent with frequent crying spells, obsessive thoughts, suicidal thoughts, uh, decreased appetite, poor sleep or insomnia, feeling what they say are dark thoughts, uh, panic attacks, anxiety attacks. Generally, when I hear these sorts of symptoms that a person is having with their depression and or anxiety, then I look at the serotonin-specific reuptake inhibitors, which include Prozac, also known as fluoxetine, Paxil, known as poroxetine, Zoloft, generically known as sertraline, Luvox, known as fluvoxamine, Celexa, known as citalopram, and Lexapro, known as escitalopram. There is a newer medicine called Trintelix, uh, which is vortioxetine, but it, it is also a little bit separate off to itself. Um, but it is still considered an SSRI. Serotonin uh, being low can contribute to significant anxiety, uh, depression, and we also associate serotonin being low with heartbreak issues. So SSRIs are frequently used for not only depression and anxiety, such as generalized anxiety disorder, panic disorder, but it's all, they're also used frequently for post-traumatic stress disorder. Now, in the opposite realm of neurotransmitter tickling, we have the norepinephrine dopamine reuptake inhibitors, which really the only thing we have as an antidepressant clearly in that class is Wellbutrin, which is short-acting Wellbutrin or Wellbutrin Systame Release or Wellbutrin Extended Release agents. Typically, the short-acting Wellbutrin um, was to 
quick acting for most people and induced a lot of anxiety or stomach upset and also lowered seizure threshold fairly significantly. So it wasn't very well tolerated until they did come out with the sustained release forms and now it's very well tolerated. When we are looking at wanting to tickle, in my mind, the norepinephrine and dopamine reuptake system, we're looking at people who typically come in and report depression with symptoms of low energy level, increased appetite, and wanting to sleep all the time. Really, I think about it as uh, a bear hibernating. <laughs> They're really ready to hibernate, uh, and that's what these people look like or talk about feeling like. So, you know, Wellbutrin can be a good choice for that. Now, the mixed agents blend together people who have symptoms of maybe frequent crying spells and low energy or crying spells and uh, wanting to sleep a lot. Some people, when you tickle the serotonin system and you really don't want to fully just tickle that, they will report that those medicines can cause a lot of sedation. So looking at a mixed agent can be a really good plan. Uh, mixed agents out there that would tickle both serotonin and norepinephrine dopamine would be Effexor, also known as venlafaxine, Pristique, which is desvenlafaxine, is the purified um, active metabolite that is caused when the body breaks down Effexor. So it is a medicine that's more potent than Effexor, but it uh, doesn't give you as many of the side effects that Effexor can. There's also Cymbalta, which is duloxetine. Now, when I think about those mixed agents and I think about the balance of serotonin tickling versus norepinephrine dopamine tickling, the one of those agents that tickles more of the serotonin and the least amount of the norepinephrine dopamine would be Effexor. Now, when I want something a little more potent in the norepinephrine dopamine and maybe a little bit matching the norepinephrine and the serotonin effects, then I look at Pristique. When you look at Cymbalta, it's kind of interesting because it has more norepinephrine dopamine tickling than it does the serotonin tickling which makes it a little bit unique, and we found that it's been very helpful for uh, pain, chronic pain, neuropathic long nerve pain, and so a lot of neurologists and pain doctors will also use Cymbalta, which is not addictive like a lot of the pain medications are, and it can be helpful for treating chronic pain scenarios. Now, how else do I look at these medicines in terms of an integrative approach? Well, I look at side effects. And side effects don't have to always be bad. You could actually choose a medicine for not only the benefit, but the added side effect profile. For instance, I have had some male patients come to me and 
They may have depression or anxiety, but they also have premature ejaculation. Well, you can significantly improve that issue uh, with use of Paxil <laughs> quite frequently. It will significantly delay someone from having the end result of uh, ejaculation. And uh, when that's needed, it could be helpful, of course, that could also be a problem if it's not needed, which is the sexual dysfunction side effect that you can see with uh, many of the SSRIs. Looking at long half-life versus short half-life, you know, if you have someone who's going to forget to take their medicine or when they go away and stay at friends' houses like an adolescent over a weekend, you know, they may not take their medicine with them. And when you look at a serotonin agent, Prozac has the longest half-life. You could use that to your benefit uh, by virtue of if someone missed a few days or quite a number of days after it had built up in their system, the, the blood level of that medicine takes a long time to drop. So that's kind of cool in uh, populations where you have someone who's not going to take their medicine every day or don't want to take a medicine every day. You could talk to them about taking something every couple of days and just go with the bigger dose that they take in that fashion. Prozac could be the one you look at. If you're looking at something you want to improve sleep with, you could look at something more sedating in a serotonin agent like Luvox and dose that primarily in the evening. I have found that I have to, with um, obsessive compulsive disorder, go with bigger doses of an SSRI to treat that. Now, why wouldn't everyone, because I, I hear this a lot, I hear a number of my colleagues, physicians, uh, often family practice docs, because they carry so much information about so many different conditions and so many different medicines, there tends to be this belief that any antidepressant is as good as another, to which I kind of cringe, <laughs> because... Uh, that's not the case. Um, you can really have some people, for instance, that would be predictably less likely to tolerate Wellbutrin that if you put them on that medicine, they will literally feel shaking and like they were coming out of their skin if they have not... Um, sat down and really discussed with you what symptoms they have. If someone doesn't tolerate taking coffee, caffeine, then they certainly are not going to tolerate taking Wellbutrin as a medication daily. So I would shy away from that. But a lot of people think, oh, wow, I heard Wellbutrin uh, can help you curb a desire to smoke cigarettes which is why it was also marketed under a different name to treat that. Uh, and that can be true. A lot of people will say, well, butrin can curb your appetite for food. So why wouldn't you put everyone on that? Well, for the reason that if you put someone on it, that feels like they're shaking out of their skin and they are sick to their stomach and having a miserable time, you wouldn't necessarily pick it for that. If you're enjoying this podcast, check out the Shift Your Life podcast. Unleash your inner power to create the life you want to live. 
Also, check out shiftyourlife.com. So again, I look at what is that person's makeup? What are they like in their lifestyles? And you have to really sit down and, and energetically get to know who someone is to make the best choice for them with them. This is not something that a person should be deciding and saying, this is the medicine you need to take. I'm not talking to you anymore. <laughs> it needs to be where there is a mutual discussion and interaction and an awareness of the need to listen to uh, side effects and things that are of concern to a person before you give them a medicine. Looking at uh, alternative approaches uh, for antidepressant that may not be medicine, I talk with people who have serotonin-like uh, symptoms of guarding their heart, uh, having heartbreak, feeling sadness, other ways for opening the heart. Uh, serotonin agents do seem to, in my mind, and working with people uh, energetically as well as as an integrative physician, people who tend to have difficulty with opening their heart center, serotonin agents can help because people who are guarding their heart very frequently will energetically respond to that by lowering their serotonin production in their body or accessibility to serotonin. So doing meditation uh, that opens the heart. Um, I love the loving, compassionate benefactor meditation where you picture someone who represents absolute unconditional love and you picture them as if they were standing or sitting right in front of you and you look deeply into their eyes and feel their love flowing over to you, you can, with just moments of sitting in that meditation, begin to feel a sense of fullness or warmth or opening in the center of your heart or the center of your chest. This is you beginning to be in your heart and in your loving self, and this can have a calming effect. It can lift mood, yet calm anxiety, and over, overall prepare you for meditating in a deeper way or having a difficult conversation with a loved one. Other ways of boosting serotonin is any stretching exercises, yoga as well, uh, tai chi, some moving qigong or qigong with uh, really getting into an alpha state as you begin to feel energy flowing through you for people who are routine qigong practitioners. It is a wonderful way of boosting your serotonin. Also, doing things you love to do, things that you have a passion to do, will boost serotonin levels. You know, when it is a passion, not like a vroom, vroom, sexual sort of ooh-ha sort of passion, but a passion of, oh my gosh, I love this. Being in nature 
is a wonderful way of opening your heart and therefore boosting your serotonin. We now know that taking meditative walks in nature uh, seems to certainly be helpful for lifting depression and calming anxiety. When we look at that norepinephrine dopamine issue, that seems to be more linked to uh, low uh, kidney chi. So things that would boost our chi, our get up and go, our motivation, because when motivation is low, things like Wellbutrin or norepinephrine dopamine reuptake inhibitors can be helpful. But other ways of boosting that and boosting your focus would be to do aerobic exercise, things that really pick up your heart rate. Intermittent exercises um, can be helpful for picking up heart rate, which boosts your norepinephrine and dopamine and therefore can heighten your ability to focus. So, you know, these are my thoughts as I sort of muse and think about my patients uh, as well as people just in general, other practitioners who ask me how I go about choosing or thinking about antidepressants and integrating them with uh, my intuitive, integrative, uh, energetic work with people. Meditation, uh, focusing on various areas of the body can also stimulate neurotransmitters uh, and metaphysical meditations uh, of allowing energetic light, if you will, to uh, come into the body can certainly pick up energy level. I am not at all mandating or not at all recommending that anyone out there on an antidepressant with significant depression go about just suddenly stopping their antidepressant and saying, I'm going to do this instead. In fact, I have a number of folks who come to me and uh, say, hey, I came to you because you're an integrative psychiatrist and I've been on these high dose of medicines. I've been in and out of uh, hospital stays with intense suicidal ideation or following suicide attempts. And I heard about you and I'm coming and I want to go off my meds and I want you to teach me things to do otherwise. And I sit with a person and I say, uh, I hear what you're saying, but I can't work with you if you're dead. So you have to take serious depression seriously because there is a death rate with that. So I never tell someone to just suddenly go off their antidepressant and do something completely different. You have to be able to integrate other things in addition to what you are doing from the traditional medicine model. And a lot of people who come to me are disappointed that I'm not having this airy-fairy idea of, yes, throw all medicine, physical medicine to the wind, because I don't do that. I do have a scientific, rational approach, but I look at a person holistically. 
I will give any and all patients who are open to the idea uh, tools and techniques to add, not instead of, but add to their toolbox and see if they use them. You can give someone a hammer who wants to build a house, but if they never use the hammer, the house will never be built. So having tools are wonderful. And as you utilize tools, as we know in Western medicine, a person who is depressed but eating poorly and not making great choices in terms of gravitating to nothing but carbohydrates, which boosts blood sugars, which makes you feel instantly better in some ways because it is a, um, soothing, a soothing, self-soothing approach. Uh, when the blood sugar crashes sor shortly thereafter, anxiety will significantly increase and then depression will rise. So you have to look at all of the habits of a person and be very mindful. So I take a holistic approach. I look at a family history. I honor the genetics and the biochemistries that can run in families. And I honor a person's um, spiritual path, which if they are heartfelt in it, whatever that path is, and it f makes them feel a sense of connectedness, then it can be very helpful if it breeds primarily guilt and shame that will breed anxiety and depression, then I work with them over time to address feeling more connected within their spirituality in a way where they don't focus on something that they feel they have, quote, done wrong, close quotes, or that they are, quote, being punished, unquotes, and help them find a way of understanding who they really are and how they connect with that, um, which they understand to be the I am awareness of their faith and find a way to create a, a bridge of peace between that. So really I look at antidepressants as one tool in my toolbox, a very powerful tool that can rapidly change dynamics or hold the space for a person to be in a more peaceful, calmer uh, mindful place so that they can utilize other approaches, including exercise, including uh, mindfulness meditations or pursuits of passions or awareness of play as well as work and finding that work-life relationship spiritual balance to begin to create the life that they want to live. And then taking into account how a person feels over time. Because over time, if they are really changing things in their life, energetically, physically, nutritionally, uh, thought-wise, because where we go with our thoughts powerfully affects our emotions, which powerfully then affects 
everything that goes on in our body from heart rate to endocrine system to overall sense of wellness or creating openings for worsening disease processes. You know, we can really change a lot, uh, which is why I teach and, and try and help people understand ways to shift their life. So these are my musings. I may ramble, but as a person begins to shift their life, they may not need as much support from antidepressants, um, possibly. But again, I am not in any way, shape, or form trying to prescribe to you, nor am I recommending that you, listener, uh, change any medication um, or make any sudden overwhelming jump in exercise if you have been unhealthy and having heart issues or significantly change any health approach in your life without discussing it with your own physician because everyone's circumstance is different. Relationships affect um, how our mood is and our moods can affect our relationships. So we have to look at things multi-dimensionally and use all sorts of approaches. Anyway, reach out uh, to your physician if you're struggling with your mood or if you have questions. Take care. If you have enjoyed this podcast, then leave a message, rate us, help us level up so that we can reach more people.